0: Welcome, my friends, to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm Chris Van Vliet, but I'm guessing since you're here each and every episode, you might already know that, but thank you so much for being with us on this one. So good to have Scorpio Sky back on the show. It's been almost two years since we talked to him, and a ton has happened since then for him as a performer, for him as a person, and just for AEW in general. And there's a lot to dive into here, especially with Double or Nothing happening this weekend with a full capacity crowd. It's going to feel like 60,000 people there in Daly's place. If you don't already, you can follow him on social media. He's at ScorpioSky. I'm at Chris Van Fleet. Man, that's easy. It's just our names. And make sure you subscribe or follow Insight wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Speaking of subscribing, I have a new YouTube channel called CVV Clips, where I'm putting out clips from some of my favorite interviews. So if you subscribe to my main channel, which is Chris Van Vliet, uh, do me a favor and subscribe to CVV clips as well. And as much as I love the reviews that you guys left, and thank you so much. You're still leaving them, by the way. Thank you so much for helping us hit 2000 reviews before my birthday last week. I got to say, these intros are so much shorter now. As much as I love reading out those reviews and seeing them, I don't know. It's really nice to just get right into these. So let's do it right now. Let's dive into the juiciness of this conversation without further ado. Please welcome Scorpio Sky. All right, man. Good to see you. Thank you, man. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been been almost two years since our last interview. And I mean, a lot has changed. A lot has changed since then. Not that much.
1: No, no. I
0: mean, we did that interview the day before the first episode of Dynamite. So the day before you debuted on TNT, the day before you
1: won the tag
0: team championships. And that's just that. That's just what happened the next day. So yeah, lots, lots happened.
1: That is uh, that is crazy. Yeah, it's uh, amazing to look back at everything that has taken place since then. It was the infancy of Dynamite, and uh, AEW was still pretty a, a pretty new company at the time. And uh, yeah, look at us now.
0: What, what has changed the most for you personally? Not for Scorpio Sky, the character, but for you personally, what's changed the most?
1: Holy cow. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think me personally, I've grown as a performer, like, I, I felt like I was already a, a very good performer heading into the beginning stages of AEW, but I've learned uh, a lot from Frankie and Chris still, and then now I've been able to work with guys like Dean Malenko and Jerry Lynn, Arn Anderson, uh, and just performing. You know, you're, you're going to learn so much by just getting out there and swimming. And um, I've grown so much, and I think I still have a lot, a lot of ways to go from here.
0: What do you think is the biggest thing that you, I mean, you just listed off a ton of legends there. What's the biggest thing that you think you apply to every single match now?
1: You know, they talk about it a lot in in basketball where, you know, when, when uh, things really start to click for the player, they say the game slows down for them. Mm. and for me that's how it is in wrestling like it's slowed down a lot for me you can just see things coming and it's the same thing with like the fight game like you see the punches coming you can slip them and that sort of thing and so now I've become so calm in in the ring there's no real jitters I don't really get nervous before going to the ring even there have been times you know because we keep such a crazy schedule there are times when I'll fly into the town head straight to the building and from the time I'm walking onto the grounds at uh, Daly's place I might be in the ring wrestling 15 20 minutes later and as I'm not even ready no warm up sometimes you know you just jump wow. in but I, I'm so calm and confident in the people I'm with and myself that I don't really worry about it at all so uh, my patience and and just uh, I've become a lot more calm and collected uh, out there for myself
0: yeah, I mean, ECW had the ECW arena and, you know, as a result of COVID, AEW has Daily's place. That's like, that's your home base. How excited are you to fill that back up with fans for Double or Nothing?
1: almost as excited as i am to leave it in july <laughs> 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 nothing i mean i i'm very happy with Daly's place it's been a great home for us but i'm very excited to leave and get back on the road and and fill some arenas like we used to um that's what i got in the business to do man was to travel every single week to a different town and fill arenas and put on the type of shows that we were putting on before the pandemic started but that being said Double or nothing is going to be awesome, man. It's going to be great to fill that place up, which I, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like to have a full crowd anymore. Like, it's so strange to me that I've gotten so used to pandemic wrestling and looking out at ringside and seeing Austin Gunn. I'm very excited to not see Austin Gunn in the front row anymore. <laughs> Hopefully, at least. Yeah. Not
0: just a full crowd, but a full crowd of people who have been clamoring for this, like people that have been waiting for 14 months. To be there with other fans.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot, a lot of people forget one of the best things about this company was the fan base. And that's why this company started and why it was successful is the fan base were so passionate and they had such a fire for us. And so it's exciting to get back out there uh, in front of them. Uh, and whenever I go back and I watch old tapes of, or tapes, that's such an old term. When I go back and watch old footage uh, of, you know, when we're in the arenas, it's just so weird to think about. Like, uh, I remember a couple months ago, we were joking about some old school wrestling. Uh, we were talking about like the, uh, I think of the rock and roll express. And we're like, man, the crowd was so crazy back then. And I was like, yeah, the crowd in AEW used to be crazy too. <laughs> we had them, So, um, it's again, I, I can't, um, say enough how exciting it is to get back out in that environment.
0: You know, every time we see you, you are just dressed to the nines. You are a fashionista. And I am curious the thought process that goes through your mind when you walk into your closet and pick out your clothes for travel that week.
1: Oh, man. It's harder for me to pick out an outfit or a pair of sneakers than it is to um, do anything involving wrestling. Like that's the (laughs) toughest, that's the toughest part of the job for me. It's like, holy cow, what do I want to wear? And, you know, sometimes there's, there's situations where it's like, oh, I love these pants; they look great. And then it's like, ah, oh, but if I bump, they could rip, and they're pretty, you know, pricey. And I like them, and I don't want that to happen. So, you know, it's hard to pick out what to wear and and to make sure that it's uh, something fresh and different. But I love fashion. I love style, and uh, getting the opportunity to show that now uh every week on dynamite has made things even more fun for me so that's uh really honestly becoming my favorite part of the whole thing and now everybody's doing it with sneakers or whatever like i i said this uh maybe on my podcast like you know i started sneaker culture in aew you know i mean i was the guy that was like always talking about sneakers always wearing the cool sneakers backstage and then everybody else started doing it and uh so like now you know the young bucks take it to the next level wearing the diors on tv and having you know, blood dripping all over the breads. And it's just like, you know, I'm happy that I uh, was able to create that culture though.
0: I, Your tag team partner, Ethan Page, also a very well-dressed man. Is that one of the reasons that brought you guys together?
1: <laughs> I don't know if maybe they looked at us backstage and they're like, well, they are the, the two best dressed guys. We should just put them together. I don't know <laughs> if that's what it was, but you know, we bounce off of each other. The funny thing is, he has his style and I have mine and they are different, but at the same time, they go together and we don't plan it. We'll just, we'll wear what we wear and then we'll, we'll stand next to each other. And it's like, oh, wow, the flowers in my shirt match the color of your shirt and just things like that. It just kind of falls into place. And that's kind of how him and my um, team has been since we started. Things have just fallen into place and we have this weird chemistry uh, that I, I didn't see coming i don't think anybody saw coming i think when they put us together people were like this is weird like i don't i don't get it i like both these guys individually but uh as a team this is strange but it's it's working man sometimes uh you know magic just happens when you don't expect it
0: well and right now you're scorpio sky and ethan page but has there been any pressure to come up with a name for you guys
1: there have been pressure from the fans everyone's like they have to have a name they have to have a name and i'm like why do we have to have a name you know (laughs) like we could uh you know i like to think of us as two singles wrestlers teaming rather than a tag team Hmm. i don't necessarily think the tag team titles are our goal you know obviously if if we get there we'll we'll wrestle for them but i don't know like we kind of have a common goal of just of conquering and getting tv time and getting uh, the respect we deserve and hopefully one of us getting the tnt championship at some point but if if it leads to a tag title shot obviously we'll we'll swing at that going back to your question that i completely danced away from uh (laughs) there has been a little bit of discussion between the two of the two of us about uh a name we have not uh solidified one yet and i don't know if we ever will but we will see
0: I mean, you don't need a name, like you said. You, you don't need, and the thing is, if it's not a great name, then it might not really work.
1: What if we were known as Chris Van Vliet's favorite tag team? Oh my gosh, that's a long name, though. That'd be that, hard that'd to put be on a T-shirt. Long. Yeah. yeah, but I'm, and I'm, I'm and you. and you own the name, so that might I'm, be tough too.
0: <laughs> I'm with you on this, though. You know, both of you guys are such great heels that I feel like every time you cut a promo, you guys are both out healing each other. <laughs>
1: it's so much more fun being the bad guy you know i mean it's weird because people look at me and they're like oh he's a natural baby face he's just such he's a nice guy and blah 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 but like at the same time like everyone has different sides to them and like yeah i am a legitimately really nice guy which kind of makes you a bad guy in this day and age you know like people don't like the nice guy you know sometimes and and so it's it's very easy for me to go out there and like smile and and know like yeah i'm I'm a better athlete than most of the guys i'm going to be in the ring with and i'm better than most of the guys i'm going to be in the ring with and that's okay and you don't like it and you're going to probably say not you personally but you know the the fan base they're going to probably look for reasons to knock me and look for reasons to downplay my talent but you can't do it because i mean like i'm going to go out there and i'm going to outperform everyone that uh, is across the ring for me and so you can't take that away from me
0: I mean you're insanely athletic. And uh, I'm I want I want to know what your sports were growing up.
1: I will say this one thing I do want to get into about that. Please is um it's slightly controversial is they 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 tend to describe black performers in sports as great athletes, right? And and I don't take that as an insult. I believe that is a very very uh it's it, it's a great compliment. But that's not all we are, you know, and, and sometimes it gets to be, you know, I, I read, I read tweets and I read, you know, from time to time, I'll read tweets and I'll read, um, you know, things people write. And I don't want to just be known as a great athlete. Everyone knows I'm a great athlete, but I'm yeah. also a great wrestler. I'm a great performer. And uh, great on the mic. Uh, yeah, I'm one of the great best. Podcaster. Yeah, one of the best. Very and, handsome. And that's just, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're the man. Uh, it's just one of those things like, you know, you don't look when, uh, when they write about Adam Page. You know it's like oh he's got a lot of charisma he's 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 so good he's good at know, drinking it's never just oh he's a great athlete and so that's just something that's a narrative that I want to I want to call attention to and start changing. Now we uh, are more than athletes you know like LeBron actually has that as a t-shirt more than an athlete we mm. more than athletes and um I, I, again I just want to call attention to that.
0: What were what were the sports you played growing up? Okay getting back to that
1: question. Yeah and I completely
0: <laughs> agree with you and I've seen this narrative where it's like The black athletes
1: are athletic and the white athletes are cerebral. And yeah, it's crazy because we get put into this box and, um, you know, I don't I I don't want to go on on a rant about it, but we get it put into this box in the sense of sometimes if you are like, especially if you're a black male performer, if you aren't a rapper or some type of a street guy as your character, um, a lot of fans or maybe even people in the business just think that you don't have any character or charisma. Mm. And so, you know, there's nothing could be more ridiculous than that, you know? And (laughs) it's just, uh, it's old thinking that, you know, they wanna put us in this box that they're used to seeing and they're comfortable with. And I don't even think it's intentional, but it's just, again, what they're used to seeing. And so it's all about change, calling awareness to that and changing it. Now, let me get to your question that you've asked twice. I actually did not play a lot of sports when I was a kid. I played a little soccer. um, And funny enough, when I was a kid, I actually had a problem with my legs when I was very, very young. And they said I was never supposed to run or walk
0: normal. Uh, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: um played a little soccer played a little bit of uh, baseball um took some karate when i was a kid and then when i was older that's when i kind of started like i did a little high school wrestling and obviously i did mma for a couple of years um so i just kind of grew into my athleticism i didn't really i don't know if i was like a born athlete i just uh i mean i guess there was obviously some genes there but uh i just kind of grew into it
0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. Now, this isn't a crisis line. This isn't self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with traditional therapy ever again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com. Dot com slash insight. That's better help. H E L slash insight and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So the special offer for anybody listening to Insight right now is 10% off your first month. Just go to BetterHelp.com slash Insight. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Insight. What made you make the shift? I mean, obviously you, were, you trained as a pro wrestler, you were working as a pro wrestler, And then in the middle of that, you made the shift and you were an MMA fighter. What made you make that shift?
1: It was just something I always wanted to do. I always loved mixed martial arts from the time when I was a kid and martial arts in general, you know, Um, and I always wanted to fight. It was something I always said I was going to do. And then eventually I got so wrapped up in wrestling that eventually I got to a point I was like, okay, I better do this at some point before I get uh, too old to do it. And so that's when I started training. I got linked in with a great team. Um, who I'm still very close friends with, all those guys, and I trained and and I just wanted to fight because I'm a competitor, man. Like I'm really, really competitive. Like I'm like uh, I, there's just nothing like going out there and stepping into a cage and the feelings that you get before stepping into a cage, and um, even just training for the fight and really earning it. You know, um, that's that's something that is a, a great accomplishment. And I can't tell you the rush that there is after you win a fight. Um, mm. and even after you lose the fight, you know, which I, I only lost one, but, um, uh, it's just, it's it, the highs and lows are so extreme. It's, it's like a drug, uh, but you know, without putting anything into your body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what made you decide this was fun, but my MMA career
1: is over now. I don't think my MMA career is over. You know, I okay. actually, you know, there's, there's been a while though. It's not a likely chance that I'm going to, uh, fight again. But, you know, if the right opportunity presented itself, I, I would fight again. And I, and I was, um, I had multiple fights lined up that, you know, ultimately like guys pulled out of. And that was one of the things that frustrated me a lot about the, uh, the sport is you take a fight, you sign a bout agreement, you train for six to eight weeks, and then maybe a week or so before the fight, the other guy just pulls out. Why do you pull out? I don't know. Um, you got anybody else for me to fight? No, unless you want to go up two weight classes. Okay, well, you know, maybe I don't want to go up two weight classes and fight some guys fifty pounds bigger than me. So um it, that happened to me a lot. Uh, sometimes, again, they were able to find replacements, and sometimes they weren't. And I had probably two or three fights lined up uh, that you know ultimately fell through, and that just became frustrating. That combined with refocusing on pro wrestling, which is insanely time consuming already, especially once I got with Ring of Honor and then later on with um, AEW to where I'm traveling a lot. It's just impossible to try to train for a fight. I mean, you know, guys do it, you know, Jake Hager does it, but to train three to five days in a week, to get ready for a fight, you know, when I'm on the road, maybe three to five days in a week, it's just very difficult.
0: Yeah. Who would you say is your biggest influence outside of wrestling? And it might be someone that, you know, you know, or maybe it's someone that you look up to that you haven't met
1: yet. Well, Muhammad Ali was a huge influence for me, you know, from the time that I was 13 or 14 years old. And, um, I, you know, I'd always heard the name and then I was like a freshman in high school and we had to do a book report. And, you know, just like a lot of kids do, I waited until the last day or two before it was due to actually start reading a book. And <laughs> my mom had this Muhammad Ali book and I picked it up and I just started reading it. And I couldn't put it down. And I wrote that report and I did, uh, I got like an A plus on it. And I just, but his story just really, really captivated me. And, and, you know, I, I after watching just, dozens of documentaries over the years. I just grew to idolize the man uh, and what he stood for. And and not even, even if you take away all of the stuff that he did outside of the sport, Hmm. uh, uh, which was, had a greater impact than what he did in the sport. Even if you just take what he did in the sport, he's, he's a, you know, a multi-legend. Like he made, he did amazing things. He beat all the best fighters of his era when he was past his prime. And so, another guy that I would also you know compare myself to, and I've talked about this before, was James J. Braddock, who was the cinderella man and i and I've mentioned this in the past that my career and his were very very similar in the sense of you got in, you had all this promise, and then you went through these rough years where it looked like you were basically done, and then you had this like career reemergence and so i you know I used to call myself the Cinderella Man of wrestling, and it's kind of just that wasn't like a uh media thing that i wanted to do it was just it's that's just how i felt about myself so those were two uh big influences and, I, and i've got so many more uh that have kind of i i've always kind of considered myself a little bit of a, a documentary on sports all wrapped up of all these great stories wrapped up into one uh and that created me
0: i mean when you think about what's ahead for you do you think about your legacy
1: You know, I'm somebody who doesn't look backwards because I'm, I'm always, and I think you have to be that way if you are a high level performer. And, um, it's one of those things where, you know, when, when Michael Jordan won his first championship, he was thinking about the next one. He wasn't like, oh man, I'm an NBA champion now. I'm good. No, he was yeah. like, uh, I, I got to win the next one. And, and Kobe was the same. And and, and LeBron is the same. And they, all these guys are high level. They don't look back. It's just like, okay, cool. Did that? That's behind me. Okay, yeah. did that? That's behind me. So, I mean, if I had to stop wrestling today, I I look at it like i don't even have a legacy (laughs) you know what i mean because i don't focus on what i've already done i'm looking at what i still want to do and what i still need to do and that's inside and outside of wrestling i've got a lot of things that i'd love to do in the business and now also i've got a lot of things i want to do outside of the business so um that's where my mind is i'm looking at the windshield not the rear view
0: I mean, I guess when you're paired up with guys like Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, who you know have walked in those steps before, and maybe have ten years on you or a little bit more, you can go, "Oh, okay." You, I will stand on the shoulders of those who stood before me.
1: Well, you know that was part of why I embraced the opportunity to step away from SCU and be a singles guy. And I and I told Frankie and Chris this. I said, "You guys have already created your legacy." anything you do from here on out is extra but you guys are legends you guys have been champions in multiple places and as a team you are legends and individually you are legends but uh, at the time i said this i said if if everything ended today for all three of us i would think i would be known as just the third member of scu and so i need to step away and i need to create my own path mm-hmm. and so that's a, what everything going forward is, is triggered for me. And, and that's, that's the direction I'm going in is creating my own path. Um, I still rely on them for guidance because they are two of the best ever and they're both so intelligent and I've learned so much and there's no coincidence that I have become a much better performer from the time I uh, first linked up to them to, to today, they have taken me to that next level. And I, and I still, you know, whether it's on camera or not, SCU is always going to be a thing, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, it's it's time for me to create my own legacy.
0: Well, you are the face of the revolution.
1: That's what they say.
0: <laughs> and, and I think that that was a big moment for, I don't know, the fans to go, oh, Scorpio Sky is the guy. Scorpio Sky is the guy.
1: Maybe. Um you know, and, and this is, this comes from a, you know, you can take this, however you want to take it is, is, uh, I, I, it was a big match and, uh, it was a, it was a huge accomplishment for me in the sense of, I was coming off of an injury and, and I was actually, even before the injury, I was just struggling so much, um, with my place in the wrestling business and, and, um, excuse me. Um, so to, literally like climb that ladder and grab that brass ring was a good moment for me but then you turn around you lose a couple of days later in the title match so it's like you you getting quite you got to the top of the mountain then you slipped right back down so you have to climb your way back up and try to get over the hill so that's that's the next step is uh winning the big one you know i think that was like the setup for the big one now i have to win the big one which by that i just have to take myself to the next level because nobody's going to give it to me i have to i have to do it myself.
0: So when you talk about goals in the ring, that's definitely one of them.
1: Well, yeah, of course. You know, if you don't want to be a champion, then what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, You know what I mean? Like, uh, I I get that, uh, you know, winning an NBA championship is uh, quite different from winning a championship (laughs) in wrestling. But, you know, I like to think of winning a championship in wrestling as um, like getting like an Emmy or something. You know what I mean? It's like a reward. Uh, At the same time, it's trust that, uh, you know the the company is putting that trust in you um and then you know kind of from i guess a mark standpoint is uh you know the people aren't going to see you as a high level top performer unless you are a champion if you look at um if you look at a lot of guys that you know were not um considered top guys it wasn't necessarily due to their talent you know and that's like that in sports too if you look at somebody like uh a charles barkley who is uh you know one of the greatest players ever, but he never won a championship. So he's not going to be held to the same regard as some of the other guys that have. So, you know, that's just kind of how things work. And so the only way to change that is to go out and do it.
0: Yeah. I want to be super respectful of your time. So I just have a few more questions here before we wrap this thing up. I'm also a big wine fan and I I want to know what your go-to wine usually is.
1: Yeah, man, I'm not a uh, like I love wine. Um, I don't think I would consider myself like a, a wine uh, snob. You know, I will drink cheap wine if it's good. Yeah, because I've had I've had a hundred dollar bottle wine that was okay, and I've had eight dollar <laughs> bottle wine that's fantastic. Like yeah. my go to is usually um, apothic red. Uh, and you can get that anywhere, you know, from eight to twenty dollars, depending yep. on where you buy it. Thirty if you buy it in the restaurant. <laughs> but I like Menage a Trois. Um, just uh, you know, there's one I really want to try that is an expensive one called sesekaya and I've heard really good things about that. But yeah, again, you know, if it's red um, and it's good, I'm all for it. What about you?
0: <laughs> red as well. I, I'm a bit, I'm on a big Pinot Noir kick right now. But I'm never going to turn down a glass of anything, really. There you go. Next time I see you, steak. we will have one together.
1: Hell yeah, let's do it.
0: <laughs> I end every conversation talking about gratitude because I think that if you can be grateful, you'll live a great life. So what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now?
1: My insanely good looks, my incredibly talented uh, body. Of- no, I'm just kidding. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh before anything else, my health, you know, uh, because your health is health is wealth is what they say. So, you know, and I've had injuries and, and I've seen guys that had injuries. So, um, and, and even outside of injuries, you know, there's, you know, coming out of a pandemic, uh, where, uh, you know, the president has talked about it. Some, some people don't have, uh, some people have empty seats at their, their dinner tables. And so above everything else, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm happy for my, my health um i'm i'm happy that i'm able to live the dream and work in the business that i grew up loving and obsessing over and um you know i know a lot of people uh, would love to do it and aren't fortunate enough or lucky enough or blessed enough to be able to do it and so um i am incredibly great um uh, like uh, grateful that i'm able to work in this business and make a living in this business and the third one is uh, you know, the people around me and the guidance I have received from uh, people inside and outside of the wrestling business that have made me who I am. i um, also grateful for them. Love it. So good to catch up with you, man. Yeah, man. It's good to see you. Um, you know, it's always, you always make me feel less attractive. So I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was
0: going to say the exact same thing. So
1: <laughs> I appreciate it, man. It's Thank you so much. You. All right. Take care.
0: There you have it, my friends, Scorpio Sky. And I think it goes without saying that the sky is the limit for him, both as a tag team competitor and as a singles competitor. Big thanks to him for taking the time out during a very busy double or nothing week to chat with us. And a big thank you to you, as always, for hanging out. Take a screenshot. Let us know what stood out for you the most from this conversation. Tag us on social media. He's at Scorpio Sky. I am at Fleet. And since Scorpio is such a huge Los Angeles Lakers fan, I will leave you with a quote from the late, great Kobe Bryant. May he rest in peace. Everything negative, pressure, challenges, is all an opportunity for me to rise. Be great, be grateful. We will see you on the next one for some more insight.